On September 16, 1993, NBC aired the first ever episode of Frasier, a spin-off series about psychiatrist Dr. Frasier Crane, the much-loved Seattle shrink from Cheers. Ten days earlier, a baby was born. A baby who we'd come to learn was destined to have someone pay him $264 to watch through every episode of Frasier with different special guests, unpacking the deeper themes behind each episode. That baby is me, Tom Zalatni. And this is a terrible, terrible idea. Welcome to They're Calling Again. The least you could do is listen. Find out if you're missing. What could you say to a stranger today to get them on your side? Everything you do is what you choose to show the world, but you are more than that. Today we'll be looking at Season 3, Episode 10, It's Hard to Say Goodbye If You Won't Leave. Bell 5 TV On Demand summary of this episode says, On the advice of his friends, Fraser declares his love for Kate, but she has other plans. For this episode, I'm joined by Alex Smith. Alex is a theater technician here in Montreal and is also the Dungeon Master for the Natural Toonie Podcast, a brand new D&D show that we launched literally yesterday, which you can and should go listen to immediately. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh... Already uh, pretty psyched after watching this episode because it it didn't immediately feel like my foot wanted to fly into my face uh, out of sympathetic embarrassment. It's an improvement yep. on, on a normal Fraser episode. I uh, God, what a rough one. Um, before we before we totally start unpacking it, mm-hmm. your relationship with Fraser historically. So uh, as a teenager, like in high school, I'd frequently watch it when I came home from school because like. You know, all the sitcoms were airing in syndication in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And, well, I was a pompous teenager, and this was a very (laughs) pompous show. (laughs) Yep, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like anybody who, like, either thought they were better than everybody else or wanted more queer representation on TV watched a lot of Frasier in high school. Yeah, Um, I can get that. Despite the lack of overt queer representation, it is still a pretty pretty gay show. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, Cool. So you know it. Reasonably, do you, yeah. Do you like it? I mean, I liked it then, and then in, like, my early to mid-twenties, I would occasionally use it as a sleeping aid before realizing this is a terrible thing to try and sleep to. You feel so much shame and embarrassment for people who can't seem to manifest these emotions. Right. Fair enough. I uh, I find the best thing to fall asleep to is The Great British Bake Off, mm. um, which... I, I love it, but I just, it's too soothing, you know? Okay. Once I start getting sleepy, I'm like, I can't, I can't focus on this. <laughs> I'm just going to pass out and dream about Paul Hollywood, you know, telling me my bread's not baked properly in the middle. Ah, uh, yeah. Ooh, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paul Hollywood's the dirty girl. Um, so let's talk about this episode. Um, <laughs> I I had some thoughts, but... I, I think I think I just want to talk about the cat. Yes. Uh, so we need to address this right away. Yeah. Um, at no point until the final scene of the episode, uh, and I want to say in previous episodes with Kate, uh, do we have any establishment of her being a big animal lover, having a cat? Yeah. Having a cat that is such like a deal breaker to separate her from. That it ultimately, you know, causes the plot to end the way it does. Yeah. But 
she goes to the airport <laughs> with what appears to be a makeup case with air holes. Yep. Um, that we are clearly meant to read as a cat carrier, despite it opening on the top and having sort of like a clam style latch. Yep. So like not at all what cat carriers look like. And to, to me, it looks like something you would carry a cake in. I could see that. Yeah. Um, and then she tries to just board the plane with the cat. Yep. And this is like as carry on and nobody bats an eye at this. Also, yeah. It is a perfectly silent cat. This carrier has no weight to it. And Kate swings it liberally <laughs> as she walks through scenes. It's, it is truly baffling. And and on the point of, like, not knowing that she's a cat person until this moment, I do think that they kind of do that on purpose a little bit. That's fair. That's a part yeah. of what we're getting at here. The, the sense that grand romantic gestures are a really terrible idea yeah. in general, but especially when you barely know this human well, being. Well, that's it, right? And we get this whole ridiculous scene of them going back and forth, talking about the things they like and don't like and realizing they're super incompatible. Mm-hmm. And the my favorite part of that is when asked what her favorite musical is, she says, Cats. Yes. Um, and we can talk about, you know, the movie Cats that just came out, mm-hmm. which neither of us have seen, so we can talk about it minimally. Yeah. Um, but, Although, have you heard that they patched the movie last weekend? I did, to fix Judy Dench's human hand. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I have a story about about a very similar situation i had gone out to dinner i i was there was this girl that i knew like we were friends mm-hmm. and i was like oh you know like I, she's cute i should ask her out and i asked her on a date and we went on a date and we didn't know each other super well okay so everything's going fine she's nice we're you know hitting it off whatever and i ask her you know we're talking about musicals i'm like oh like what is your favorite musical and she says cats and in that moment i i knew <laughs> that this was not going to go anywhere because my my instant response was have you seen other musicals i mean that is an appropriate response to the answer you heard because i mean i'm sorry if you like either of the people i'm about to talk about but andrew lloyd weber is the bottom of the barrel for musical composers and cats is the bottom of the andrew lloyd weber barrel (laughs) yep if you're gonna like andrew lloyd weber like phantom is solid Phantom has issues, but it has a cool score. Yeah. Cats does not. No. No. Cats is dumb. Cats is real dumb and not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Teffer likes to talk about how I texted her from that date. Amazing. And texted her, this girl just said her favorite musical is Cats. I don't see this going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> I just I love the the like we we had a lot of stuff in this episode that was fun mm-hmm. cinematography wise yeah uh, and that was another note that I made that I wanted to talk about was like the whole bit where we keep getting fantasy sequences and I appreciate that they're all from different perspectives yes. we we jump from first how Fraser imagines himself sexually to how Roz imagines Frasier sexually, which is just one of the best visual moments of the show. The sincerity of Frasier dropping trow and then falling face first at the feet of Kate. Yep. Um, and then Kate's vision of, like, fantasy Frasier mm-hmm. sexually, uh, which we can tell isn't a real memory because I sincerely doubt 
that they had sex in um, a room with enough candles to belong on the set of Phantom. Let me tell you, that was real. Are you kidding me? No. So both Fraser's fantasy and Kate's fantasy were were memories. I, I figured that was meant to read as a memory, but in context of the scene, he's fantasizing about it. Kate mm-hmm. has entered the room and he's so overwhelmed with pubescence um, <laughs> that... <laughs> no, it's, it's real. Both are real. Um, on two separate occasions, obviously. At one point, they do make out in the... In the studio. In the studio. And I think that it was just the same footage, but with a filter slapped over it to look yeah. like a flashback. The RuPaul season one look. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the um, the elevator scene mm-hmm. uh, was also real. I think maybe from the same episode or possibly from the following episode, they take a service elevator together that has uh, a bunch of furniture being moved out of it and they end up hooking oh, up in the service elevator. Yes, I remember that. But why were there so many candles? Uh, it was decorated. It was all of the furniture of a woman who writes erotic novels who is of moving course. out of Fraser's building or something. Of course. Yeah, yeah, as you do. Okay, yes. I do remember this episode now. <laughs> the candles just seemed like such a what? Yeah. That... Well, I mean, you know, when you move and you put all of your belongings into an elevator, not in boxes or anything, and you just move them exactly as is. Yeah, you need to make sure that when you're moving, you keep all your candles out and in candle holders so that they can be destroyed during the move. (laughs) Well, exactly. Just in case someone walks into the back of your moving van and wants to, you know, have a romantic date. Well, yeah. On the road. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I I have a small criticism about this because I wanted us to get another one of those later in the episode Mm. i wanted either you know we had so many opportunities for niles to have a fantasy yes we could have had eddie fantasizing about something you know that would have been a funny that would have been a funnier thing to use as the stinger in this episode Mm -hmm. which was just sort of well we've got footage yeah (laughs) yeah exactly uh and and that like small gripe might be Mm -hmm. the only gripe i have about this episode at the same time, on a structural level, I can kind of get capping it where they did sort of a rule of threes thing. Like, I knew it was going to come mm. back a third time. Right. And, yeah, at the very end of the episode, doing something like Eddie would have been probably the only place that it could have fit yeah. in terms of what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think bringing up the rule of threes makes sense. I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have thought of that, but you're right. Like, it would have probably started to feel overdone had mm-hmm. they tried to do it again. Again, unless we got the Eddie. Yeah. The Eddie for the the closing stinger would have worked. Because that would have been a really satisfying punchline. Because, like, two out of three of these weren't actually, like, funny in and of themselves. They were depending on the broader context that this Mm -hmm. fantasy was occurring at all. Right. Yeah, and honestly, like, uh, they were not executed great for the most part either. Like, they they were kind of clumsy and, I don't know. But, mm, eh. (laughs) <laughs> they were fine. Um, yep. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, and the other thing that I kind of like that that bugged me mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, they're ta- while they're talking, right? They're talking about what they want out of life. They're getting yeah. to know each other. Um, Fraser says that he wants kids. He wants more kids. Yeah. Right? You know that plot thread that comes up so many times in the rest of this show. Yeah, that thing that is definitely true to his character as a person who moved across the country from his kid. Yeah. Uh, instead of you know, not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a weird bit of writing. Like, this is 
characteristically weird flex, but okay. Yeah. Well, and also, like, it would have been just as easy to turn it the other way around. Yeah. Like, it has never been true that Fraser wants more kids. Mm-hmm. He has never expressed that. It, it's not something we know about him. Yeah. But it'd be really easy for us to, like, believe him going, well, I'm not sure if I want any more kids, right? The really honest response right. of, like, I don't know, last time I had kids, eh. I have to wonder if this isn't sort of a when this was made thing and like they already had sort of nailed down the idea that they wanted to make Kate seem unappealing by like leaning heavily into the like too many animals thing and also like they can play this both ways because Frasier just comes off as limp noodle Frasier as usual Mm -hmm. in his utter failure to deal with this he's having an allergic reaction to a cat that is several meters away from him that he has had no physical contact with that is not generally how cat allergies work no no not at all yeah well that's it i I think it's just like (sighs) maybe they were trying to avoid the like played up thing of the woman being the one who does want kids yeah that's my feeling yeah and that like yeah I don't know. I could have lived without it. Mm-hmm. I uh, mostly I just prickle any time that Fraser talks about like dad things, dad that things, saying he's really freaking bad at. Yeah, where like in in last week's episode, Freddie shows up. Like I think it's the first time Freddie is physically okay. there. Right? He's is like, it his bar mitzvah? No, uh, Christmas. Okay. Yeah, he comes down for Christmas, and Fraser has fucked up and accidentally bought the wrong Christmas present, and has to go to the mall on the twenty fourth. You know, it's that whole right. that whole deal, and uh, we don't get any of the relationship. We just get like, here we go, Freddie is here. Like we see him on screen for thirty seconds, opening a yeah. Christmas present at the end or whatever. But like, we never actually really get Fraser being a parent. And so for them to try and play it up as a characteristic of his is really, like, I don't know. It's sort of strange, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I can get that because, like, in terms of how Frasier episodes are built, they're sort of full of these lacunae. Like, (laughs) right. uh, we're frequently taking large leaps in time between scenes, and they'll cut out what isn't directly related to, like, brewing the inevitable farce of (laughs) Frasier's own behavior. Right. Well, like we saw here uh, in this episode, like, we're taking huge jumps, and, like, that's normal in sitcoms. You're not really going to focus on travel unless the travel time is part of the bit. Right. Uh, But, like, we're jumping days, for example, like, from the supper to the next day, like, between those two Daphne scenes. Right. Um, Just so that we can focus on, like, the raising stakes of Frasier is making a series of bad decisions, open parenthesis, every episode of this show close parenthesis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um so this is a i mean spoiler territory i kind of i i feel weird talking about spoilers on this show because i kind of assume that everyone who's listening to this is not that invested yeah like spoiler wise also this show ended nearly 20 years ago yeah that's it right like i feel like you can kind of talk about it as a whole even as you're sort of watching through it sequentially um so at the end of the series fraser moves right Mm -hmm. he leaves seattle uh theoretically he's supposed to be going to san francisco to start a new show okay and instead he goes to chicago to follow a woman which like uh gross yeah um but i thought it was really interesting 
seeing that seed kind of planted here where mm. Kate moves to Chicago at the end of this episode. Right. Like yeah. that is, that is where she is going. And like, granted, obviously after this entire interaction, I don't see a future for that relationship. Mm-hmm. I do like to think that it would be really fun for them to run into each other in Chicago. Absolutely. Um, and like frequently thinking about, you know, if a Frasier reboot were to happen, mm-hmm. like, if you wanted to get the whole cast back together, you'd probably have to have it set in Seattle again. Yeah. If you wanted to have it just follow whatever Frazier's up to now, it would be in Chicago. Yeah. And I think realistically he might be working for Kate. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think to the best of my knowledge, Kate is his only professional or personal contact in Chicago, apart from the woman that he follows out there at the end of the series. Yeah who I'm going to assume things don't work out with because it's Frasier. That is typical, yes. Yeah. So I I like to wonder about, like, would would Frasier and Kate have reconnected years later over Facebook or something? Mm-hmm. You know, since the show ended pre-Facebook. Yeah. It stands to reason. Yeah. So a question this episode raised with me. Mm-hmm. Was Casablanca just already in the public domain by... um? the early mid-90s, because it seems like from around that point on, we suddenly get this massive surplus of Casablanca being referenced directly in pop culture things. And it's always struck me as like, oh, maybe this is a generational thing, or this is just a relatively famous movie that we can actively talk about because it's free now. I I don't know that something being public domain or not affects whether or not you're allowed to, like, reference it... Oh, fair. Like, I, I think in terms of it being as big a pop culture reference as it is, it's mm-hmm. probably mostly just that it's a huge yeah. movie. Um, but I think that they can get away with, like, talking about it at length. Okay. Yeah. Spoiling it seems dangerous. But at the same time, <laughs> um, it is at that point a minimum 50-year-old movie. I think so. So. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that for the first time this year. Huh. Yeah. But no, it, it's always struck me as a little bit odd, like, the density of Casablanca references yeah. vis-a-vis, like, the amount of people I have run into, even in, like, filmic circles, who have actually sat down and watched this monster. Right. Yeah, no, we, um, Tever had a scriptwriting class, and mm. the prof is an old white man, so she had to so watch naturally. Casablanca. Um <laughs> I don't think he's even an old white man. He might have just been a middle-aged white man. Okay. Either way, it was, you know... You need to go to the White House. Yeah, it was like Casablanca and, like, uh, some, like, samurai movie. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Clearly... Well, a samurai one would make sense if it was, like, Kurosawa. I don't think it was, even. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, so we had to watch Casablanca. Mm -hmm. I mean, I watched the second half of Casablanca. I think I was working on something for the first chunk of it but it's like four hours long right i'm not imagining i think so okay yeah yeah it's long i think what happened was we got we had spent the weekend in ottawa and we got home at like 8 p.m and tefer remembered she had to watch casablanca for the following morning (laughs) so she started watching casablanca while i did a bunch of office work and then i joined her um but i think i would not have ever gotten around to watching it of my own accord that's fair that's Uh, about how i feel about it I know one person who actively likes this movie, okay. and he's occasionally been like, hey, it's like Christmas, you should come watch Casablanca, and I've been like, uh, maybe. <laughs> What's your, like, I feel like everyone has a go-to movie that they watch around the holidays. I mean, 
I don't. You don't? Yeah. Hmm. Like, I don't really... It's not really a thing. I don't have this linking between, like, holidays and particular movies. Hmm. Fair enough. I have memories of having enjoyed, like, The Muppet Family Christmas. Sure. uh, Because it's a Jim Henson crossover at Christmas that (laughs) what's not to like. Is there, like... A movie that you have to watch at least once a year, regardless of what time of year it is. Like something you always come back to. No. Interesting. Okay. Like there are tons of movies I like and tons more that I will like heartily recommend because I think of these as like things that changed who I am or how I look at something. Sure. But I don't often feel the need to go back and re-examine like how this affects me mm-hmm. now that X years have passed. I do that with a couple of books. Okay. Like I just finished uh, rereading Stranger in a Strange Land by Heinlein um, mm-hmm. like in the last month. And that was the first time I'd touched it in like six years. But like mm-hmm. I'd read that as a teenager. I made a point of reading it in like my early mid 20s. And right. now at 30, it seemed like a reasonable gap. <laughs> Let us see how I have changed while the book hasn't. Right. Yeah, fair enough. That's interesting. You, you're maybe you maybe just do nostalgia in a different way from mm. from me. I listen to a lot of like music for stuff that makes me nostalgic, but that like mm. I feel it's easier to manage. It's a small dose. I'm not committing sure, yeah. to like I'm going to sit down and watch like four hours of Streets Bogart. of Fire, even though I love it to pieces. Right. Or yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, I uh, my list of movies that I have to watch around the end of the year every year continues to get longer and longer. And part of that is that like I have a list of movies that I like to watch around the holidays okay. and so does Teffer. And so we end up watching twice as many, right? Makes sense. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, Les Miserables and Rent and uh, A Colbert Christmas, The Greatest Gift of All. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, and I feel like there's something else that I'm forgetting right now, which is horrible. <laughs> and I'm going to kick myself later, but you know. That's, that's what other that movies have you watched in the last week besides Casablanca? Because that might. Yeah. Well, that wasn't recent. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, we watched The Holiday. That's one of Teffer's like, okay. got to watch it. That's the one where Jack Black is. That's the only rom-com Jack Black is in. I have never heard of this film. Amazingly, Jack Black forgot he was in it. That's hilarious. Or not the only rom-com. Sorry. The only only holiday movie. Okay. He, <laughs> a little while ago on the red carpet for something like said something in passing in an interview about like how he's never done a Christmas movie and the interviewer was like weren't you in the holiday and he's like the holiday what is oh my god yeah I am in the holiday amazing <laughs> yep <laughs> uh really fun one um <laughs> it's like an American woman and a British woman trade lives for a week hmm. they like do a vacation rental swap okay situation. so not a freaky Friday thing no 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 they just uh they just you know are both tired and find each other online and trade houses for a week. And one of them falls in love with the other's brother. And you know, the other one falls in love with Jack black. You know how it is. Nice. Yeah. Like you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you've got a hot brother, you've got to fall in love with Jack black. Well, yes, the rule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're getting toward the end of the show. This is the part where I usually give my guest a chance to ask me any burning questions they've got about Frasier. If you've got a burning Frasier question. Okay. Hmm. If there were to be a Frasier reboot now, mm-hmm. would you want everybody to try and reprise their roles or set this, like, not too long after the show ends? Maybe give it, like, a small couple of gap years so that Frasier can establish himself in wherever mm-hmm. and then get people who look like them. 
oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, or just Carrie Fisher. It get CGI Frasier. <laughs> oh shit! You've given me so many options here. Um, I think a CGI Frasier reboot would be hilarious. Uh, same voice actress for everyone except mm-hmm. John Mahoney, obviously. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting. Um, ooh, God. No, I I super don't like the idea of recasting it with young actors who look like everyone. Uh, no, I don't like that at all. Although mm-hmm. there is a guy who I think has a bit of a David Hyde Pierce thing. Okay. And that's, um, I want to call him Matt Lesher, maybe. Uh, I'm going I'm to Google that name. Yeah, this guy. He uh, He's that guy. He's in a lot of things. Okay, I can sort of see... He's, the David Hyde Pierceiness. There's he's like if David Hyde Pierce was on a CW show. <laughs> uh, and, but no, I think I would want like same cast, actual time jump. Uh, obviously, some additions. I think we would need to see Freddie as an adult. Yep, and it could be the same actor because that guy is still an actor. He oh, was nice. on he was on Mad Men. Really? For a while. Yeah, uh, Trevor Einhorn, I think is his name. Huh. Uh, that's yeah, that's right. Uh, this dude. I think we would need him. Oh, wow. And uh, they would obviously need to cast someone to play Niles and Daphne's now adult son. Who yes. would be 15 or 16. So mm-hmm. not an adult. That's not how time works. Um, yeah. I, th- I have thought about this a lot, actually. Okay. I think that the plot of the current, like, present day Frasier would need to be that Frasier's son, who is, like, in his, like, probably about 30, right, mm-hmm. uh, would be a like producer for uh, a podcast network okay. because radio is dead. Yep. Uh, and Niles and Daphne's son, who I think is maybe named David. Uh, I'm going to say David. Okay. I think so because what, wasn't one of the Fraser writers named David, the one who died in 9-11? I have I literally like no idea. Anyway. Um, so he interns with Freddie. Okay. And then uh, Niles and Fraser or Frazier wants to become a podcaster now because he's like, oh, radio's dead. I gotta, you know, maybe the radio station closes down yeah. and someone suggests you should become a podcaster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the old, it's it's the whole classic trope of... Frazier does Marin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, can't teach an old dog new tricks, yeah. kind of, you know, put him in that situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe Niles and Daphne, you know, have started, like, a couples counseling thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and then we'd need someone else... Would we need someone else to round out the cast? Well, we need at least Roz would have to be doing something. Yeah, like yeah. the dynamic. Oh, Roz of the has sh- a daughter. Oh, yes, she yeah. does. I remember that. Maybe, maybe Alice and Freddie are married or something. Amazing. Know? I don't know. There's, there's options. But no, we absolutely need Roz because I love the idea of her just. Um, okay, in my mind, if Roz were to come back and be an older lady, mm. she would just straight up be Luxana Troy. Sure. Sure, um, I'm fine with that. Is like, that that's Nana Visitor, or is that uh, the other? No, that's Nana the other Vi- Troy. Uh, no, that is also not the other Troy. Nana Visitor plays um, Kira Narice. That's right. Um, Deanna Sirtis. No, Sir- not Deanna Sirtis. Deanna's the character's first name. Marina, Marina Sirtis. Yeah, there we go. Is Deanna Troy, and her mom is Majel Barrett, Gene okay. um, Roddenberry's wife. There we go. Who also played all the computer voices on Star Trek. Oh, that's fun. I didn't know that. Yeah. I also feel like we somehow talked about Luxana or Deanna last time I was on the Frasier show. Yeah, I think that's true. And I have bad news for you about Majel Barrett. Oh, I know she's not around. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years after Frasier, in fact. Yep. That's a bummer. I want John Mulaney 
on Frasier. I can I can vibe with this. <laughs> I think if we were coming to the coming back to the question of like recasting Frasier with present day people, yep. I think John Mulaney would have to be one of them. Yes. I or or having a thought here. Frasier the early years. Okay. Yes. John Mulaney playing like a 70s Frasier. Yes. Fra- 70s Niles. 70s Niles. 70s Niles. Who would be 70s Frasier? That's a very good question. Because like all of a sudden, my brain wants, like, the Frasier equivalent of Muppet Babies to exist. <laughs> it's disgusting, and I love it. <laughs> it's awful. Isn't it just? It's, it's, whoa. Then, like, huh. uh, Martin's legs can be Nana. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Oh, it was my it's, pleasure. It's <laughs> and thank you so much for listening. If you made it through to the end, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm always impressed when people make it to the end of things, you know? Understandable. It it takes commitment. Yeah. I'm more impressed when people listen through the end of a show. Because I find even even I will now skip the end of some podcasts. And I'm a bit of a completionist. Okay. But I've recently gotten to the point where I will skip the ads that play after someone's show is done. I mean, is that not just what everybody does? I used to not. Did you really? Yeah. Like, because there'd be some kind of tag at the end after... You never know. Okay, fair. You never know. Huh. But but a lot of people get to the part where people are like, well, that's the end of the show, and then read all their outro stuff, right? Right. And a lot of people will just stop there. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, I like the outro. So if you like the outro, strap the fuck in. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, share it. You can also support me by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for the show to grow. Hey, Alex. Yes? Do you have anything you want to plug? Any projects that maybe just launched? Any sort of podcast-related projects that people might want to listen to? Any sort of new projects? To uh, plug? Yes. Hey, everybody. You should watch Natural Toonie. And by watch, I mean listen to. Because <laughs> yeah. we are an audio medium. Um, you should listen to Natural Toonie. <laughs> a D&D podcast in magical Canada. <laughs> That IDM. Yeah. And that also features our lovely boy Tom Zalatni. That's me. So I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's been super fun. Our mm-hmm. first real episode came out yesterday. Yep. And uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Yesterday in you time, not yesterday in us time. No, in us time. I still have to score it before it can be released. <laughs> and I'm stressing out. But it'll be fine. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been super fun so far. Yeah. Alex is doing wild, weird things to us. I think of this as a way where I can take the monsters in my head and inflict them on all of you. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like therapy, but I don't need to pay anybody for it. Yes. And it's released to the public. D&D should be a little bit like therapy, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Um, yeah, so you can check that out. I'm... I'm playing. Uh, we've got David Hall, who's been on this show a bunch of times, is mm-hmm. also one of the players, uh, along with Andy Sherman and Becca Redden. Did yep. I say Sherman properly? I you feel did. Like, I feel like that word didn't come out of my mouth no. properly. Andy Sherman. Andy Sherman. There you, you did go. not say like Andy Sherman, I, which I would have like been I felt like I said Andy's Herman. <laughs> no. <laughs> Andy's got the Zerman, right? <laughs> anyway, it's good. You should check it out. It's, uh, yeah. Fun. Do it. Yeah available everywhere wherever you get your podcasts and if it's not tweet at me and i'll make it happen mm-hmm. and you can tweet at me at tom Zalatni. you can't tweet at me anywhere i'm crotchety and don't have twitter fair enough 
probably better for it honestly yep yeah special thanks to crackers and jam for letting us use their song Wavos as our theme music you can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com and this show is produced and edited by me tom zalat and i for the upford network you can find out about all the great shows on our network like natural toonie at upfordnetwork.com this is tom zalat and i wishing you all good mental health the least you could do is listen find out if you're missing what could you say to a stranger today to get them on your side? Everything you do is what you choose to show the world, but you are more than that. We need to record a new ad for Up for Discussion. What should we tell people? Tell them we're an emotionally honest comedy podcast. Great! What does that mean? It means we're not afraid to get vulnerable, explore the human side of comedy, and try to become better people along the way. And we make poop jokes. So many poop jokes! With tons of awesome guests like Hank Green, Carrie Poppy, and Cecil Baldwin. Yeah, and poop jokes! The Up for Discussion podcast, available on the Up for Network and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Oh, hi. Um, can you wait on it? Oh, shit. Hi, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna wash my hands here. Uh, I know what you're wondering. What are you doing in my bathroom? Well, this is very easy to explain. Hold hold on. Let me, let me just blow dry my hair here. Uh... I'm here to tell you about Lasers on the Ride podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's a mix of comedy, uh, interviews, and the existential drama that only real life can bring. Now I'm going to go take a shower. Goodbye.